the twilight of the gods nears. Brother will kill brother. Families will be sundered by murder. Four ages are afoot. An axe age, a sword age, where shields are cloven. A wind age, a wolf age, where the world falls. No one shall be spared. Welcome to Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion RPG podcast. Prepare for adventure. Hey guys, Marcato from Tucson Games and Gadgets. Uh, want to tell you a little bit about what's going on here today at RingCon, where you guys should be. I hope you're going to be coming this coming year, coming up. Uh, we come here to RingCon because we want to meet all the people here in Tucson that we play games with in our store. And of course, RingCon, you're going to be finding all of this stuff right on the tables and have a lot of fun. It's amazing. I hope you're here. I hope we're going to see you soon. So where can people go? When they're not at Rincon to play games. Come on down to Tucson Games and Gadgets, 2900 East Broadway. You won't be disappointed. Welcome to Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok adventure. Okay, so we're last we left off. Uh, Trixie got the phone call to make sure she's on time and not early to the 1 o'clock appraisal meeting. Okay, Five so you... minutes early isn't really early. No, no, it's not. It's polite. 22. okay so you're bringing Kane with you yes okay get going up to the uh, penthouse Mm mm-hmm okay so you get there penthouse doors open up I'm leaving the boys at home okay so it's just literally just the two of you Mm mm-hmm and I'm making sure to take Kane's arm I'm a little still upset and and as the doors open you hear a a cat meowing (laughs) It, it must be uh, Amalia's cat that's been spoken of so much. <laughs> Only all of a sudden is the door, you know, you get to the door and there's a one of the security guards there. And he basically nods to you. which And he pulls out a clipboard. Your name, please? Trixie Lockhart. He flips it open. One o'clock? Yes. Okay, and he basically... Clips in there, the the Lockhart uh, contingents here, and you hear this. Lo- you, you hear some fussing of some cats in the back, back behind the door, <laughs> and all of a sudden a comment of, "They're early." <laughs> Five minutes is polite. Okay, and you, you can tell he puts his finger in his earbud, you know, to hear the response clearly. He says, "It'll be about five minutes before they're re- prepared for you." Mm-hmm. Okay. Trying to find our cat. <laughs> <laughs> we go for a walk around the floor He's and come back in again. here somewhere. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, right one o'clock, right on the dot. You hear a a grandfather clock in the room chime, and on the first chime after it finishes, the door gets unlocked, and you see Falda sitting there in this beautiful blue and white gown, opening the doors, and she gives you this super super resting bitch face smile. <laughs> Oh, how beautiful you look. Come into our, our penthouse suite. And you notice when the doors opened that there's this meow coming out of the back area. And you see a cat the size of a panther pounce on something that was scurrying across the floor. Oh, sweetie, you got it. 
My sister's been turning mortals into mice again. Oh, God. Well, one has to feed the pets. <laughs> please, please, come in. Unfortunately, this not being our place, we weren't able to completely decorate it the way we'd like. But you notice that there are <clears throat> quite a few items in the house have a thin coat of ice already on them. Was... I'm looking at everything. This penthouse is beautiful. There's works of art on the walls. You can see that they've got pedestals of ice holding different objects that must pro obviously be theirs and not part of the hotels. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of the room, there seems to be some kind of shrine. If, 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 if you have any occult knowledge, Yes, I would do. like to roll occult. Okay. Huge grin on your face while you're rolling. because uh, uh -oh. I rolled really, really well. You sent the good loving mojo. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. You notice both <coughs> in the common area. They have two altars. Obviously, individual. It's it's their altars set up your standard style with the the athame and the the collecting whatever personal energies that they're looking to collect. But then between the two altars, across the room. And in perfect alignment with the compass, by the way, is a very large pillar with glass over the entire pillar and a blue light showing with a wire holding up a large, looks like blue crystal heart. Hmm. That seems to almost have its own, it, it's, it's rotating on this pedestal. It's got an actual, the, the, the wire that you see supporting it has a rotating motor in it. And it seems to sparkle almost like a heartbeat in the, when the, at the speed it's circling around. Huh. And you notice there's quite a few runes and wards etched into the glass around it. Damn. You have a feeling that some of them are legit and there's a few that aren't actually legit. that are just put in there to scare folks. Mm-hmm. Oh, so my dear. It's, it's, it's... So have you brought him as your auction item? No. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. My sister would love someone as strong as him. Hmm. Well, no. He's just here in case your security gets a little more uh, rambunctious. Sometimes they, they get uppity and try to wolf down the whole audience. Mm-hmm. Well, the security guards aren't in here, right? No, 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 no. no. Okay. Only out the door. It's like... Well, perhaps you should keep your pets on a tighter leash. Well, you know, even immortals infected by the Titan's curse of lycanthropy can't be trusted too much. Yes, but we had uh, assurances that we would be protected on these grounds under the Accord. Oh, if you would like, my dear, being attacked, I will definitely see to their commander being killed immediately if that would No, be I don't want the... You are should be held accountable for this, not the commander. He saved my life. But he needs to be commended. He is the one in charge of them, and if, if their unit failed, he would be the one that blame should land squarely on by his own word. I don't want him to suffer. Wasn't it your word, though? That it's their your bond that yeah. As it's, you said, it falls upon the one in charge. And You're they kind of sheepishly look away like, what are you trying to imply? 
Are you not in charge here? Oh, we are merely here for the auction. We're not. You're in charge of the auction. <laughs> of the auction. You're in charge of the moot. You're in charge of the whole thing. So you only bring an argument for the auction? Oh no, I bring. Let's I get to the business at hand. We only have an hour to discuss things before the next group shows. What items did you bring for us for the auction? I open the case, and it's a Manila Swiss envelope bank. With, with bank account numbers. Mm -hmm. So you bring us a small little case with a piece of paper with numbers that are, mean something to merely mortals. See, I knew that they wouldn't be interested in the money. Sister, she brings us money. What do you think of that? Oh, sister, I don't like money. You can't eat it. You know, you can't drink it. Can't really play with it anymore. I don't think so. What more do you have to offer besides just ones and zeros? Sure, we can't have the big one. <laughs> She kind of uh, looks towards Kane, interestingly enough. <laughs> it has been a while. I can offer you, after the conclusion of this, the draught of poetry. That actually moved her back. Of the mead of poetry. <laughs> a draught from the mead of poetry. Oh, How my. did you get a hold of a drink of the mead of poetry? It is not currently in my possession, but I am guaranteed it within, I guess, the... Within the next two days? Yeah. So the what you're offering us this. is a promise of a drink from the mead of poetry? Yes. What securities can you provide on top of that? A collateral of these the big one? No. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, sister. <gasps> oh, well. I would grant you a boon from a service for me as long as it does not entail anything counter, you know, to stopping Ragnarok. Hmm. I cannot offer up the mooncalf because I have no idea. Hmm, Before that, you even think of that it. That was the one we were thinking It's like, I, I have, do not have the information. True. It is quite an offer. It is. Think. An as yet called offer, a drink of the, the mead and these ones and zeros no, she promised us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I thought money meant nothing. Oh, we would still take the money as well. <laughs> as a symbol of your offer. Did you see your eye just twinkle like, yes, I'm taking the money. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> money can help you fly from place to place. <laughs> Why can't Aww. they take a broom? <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> oh. like no, they didn't. That was okay. character, and you know it. <laughs> so, so basically, they then uh, she she pulls out some paper and writes down some notes, and basically hands you each of the notes. 
one's on a piece of paper that's white, one on a piece of paper that's yellow, and one that's on a piece of paper red. And okay. she basically expresses you that, you know, depending on how high the bids go, the red piece of paper will be for everything you have offered. The yellow piece of paper will be just for the money and the mead. And the other? And the white will be just the money, but we all know it's going to go way past that at the beginning. So uh, we, we see these gifts as acceptable for the auction and have appraised them such. And is there anything else we can do to make your stay enjoyable for the next day? Well, I gotta think, because <laughs> <coughs> technically they owe me. <laughs> but I don't want, I don't want him, to, that one guy to suffer. I'm not, I'm not like evil. I'm just opportunistic. <laughs> There's a difference. One is completely selfish, and the other is, you know, to be evil to the whole world. I know. I don't want to be mean or cruel, but I don't want to let. To protect they him, need you to request his presence with you for the rest of the. That wouldn't be fair to him. He doesn't like me. The guy was saying. Yeah, he doesn't like me. Okay. He had to kill his own man yeah. because of me. Who, who's basically like acting in his own nature. Yeah. yeah. The whole being the good soldier thing. That's although not technically in the he started it. Yes. I'm yes. just saying. <laughs> I didn't start nothing. Folks at home, go back and listen to that episode again. And see I know, I'm say. like, did I, did I start it? <laughs> <laughs> I do believe you did start it. Actually, I was talking to the wolf. <laughs> not, remember? Because, not the wolf man. Yeah, not the wolf man. But uh, um, He took it. Yeah, he took it the wrong way. Because I'm like, oh. I'm yeah, sure, you didn't mean it to be absolutely insulting. <laughs> Oh, no, but then I meant to be, you know. Then I was downright catty. <laughs> yeah, and the attack from the fire giant was absolutely unprovoked. <laughs> I was okay. simply walking down the street, minding my own Which business. Which is why I don't want this guy to get killed, because... And I'm yeah, actually... Trixie's going to try and behave. Well, I didn't say we'd kill him. We may turn him into a rat. Falda said rough. you would kill him, but I don't want him dead. Like, just play with him a little. Hone his instincts. Survival instincts. Though his uncle could get testy. I don't know. Yeah, I guess true. I can't think of anything. Can you think of anything? <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. No. Just that they kind of owe you and should really consider your... Yes. Oh, they're, they're giving that credence of, you know, the, on the, the bid there. Yes. Giving you a little extra because they kind of owe you. Yeah, because uh, uh, we wouldn't want it to get out that... Folda... Damn, moots are worthless. That, yeah, that... Folda kind of gestures if you guys like any of the refreshments they have available. No, thank you. And asks, so, uh, Trixie, what is it your father wants with the Heart of Winter when we're done with it? That I actually have no clue. Interesting. Ours is not to reason why. It is and the quite, cat's batshit crazy. And, and, 
it, it is quite lovely, though, isn't it? And she kind of looks towards where the pedestal is. It is, actually. <laughs> One would be sorely pressed to give away such a thing, but I feel that we will be amply compensated for when, when we have used it up. Used it up? Did I say that? I meant, I meant uh, we're unable to use it in the moon cast. Um. Yeah, well, sorry about that, but, you know, you can't have something like that running around. Oh, I, we completely understand. It was just going to get us a, a very well prize from Utgard Loki. Yeah. We still may get that if his people get the heart, but somehow yeah. we think... aren't you a frost... You're, you're a frost giant. Aren't you supposed to be a vassal to... We, we are not sworn to Utgard Loki. Unfortunately, we ladies aren't respected in his courts and are we're expected to free women that we are be in our place mm, and let oh, the boys mm, have mm. Their, their say yeah no that I a total agreement with you on that one sister oh my god I've worked with some magicians who misogynistic bastards huh needless to say I'm doing much better than they are allow a man to decide Unfortunately, most of Utgard's Loki people don't respect our abilities. Is that a giant trait in general, or...? I think that's a trait in men in general. Ah. And she kind of kind of, apologetically glances at Kane when she <laughs> says that. They're having this whole sister moment, and no, Kane's being awkwardly silent. When she looks at me, just crack a big smile. Like <laughs> <laughs> they ain't all bad. Okay. So, uh, basically, uh... Falda at that point will get up and she goes to the case where the heart of winter's at and she murmurs some words and she's touching the case. Do I hear those words? Oh, oh she's, you hear the words but it's in, in old mm. Norse tongue. Darn. There's no way I'm going to be able to break the spells. As she basically, the glass parts and she kind of tinkles her fingernail against the heart in rhythm to the sparkles. Like a heartbeat? Like a heartbeat. Huh. So one should probably think why they would want an item like the Heart of Winter before they bid on it, after all. Well, doesn't it have something to do with Ragnarok? There are many, many stories of many, many things that cause Ragnarok. Fortunately, we don't want to give up an eye to find out what may or may not happen, especially if that thought leads to what will actually inevitably happen. Oh, so you don't want Ragnarok? We just want to make sure that we survive if it does happen. Yeah, well, likewise. I would rather see it not happen, thank you very much. I kind of like the way the world is. Misogynistic men uh, aside, you know, but... Besides, after, be after Surt's given his life to take the world down, maybe the new world can have new leaders. Most of the old guard will be gone. Past crimes punished. New beginnings for everyone involved. It could be a beautiful paradise. I don't quite like where this is going at present. <laughs> Sounds to me awfully like you're siding with Cert. Just, just looking at both sides of the coin. Well, that you're siding with change. Hmm. You sound like you understand different points of view. <laughs> Why not help break your silence, quiet one? <laughs> so 
so you definitely like to keep the strong silent type around, I see, Trixie. They come in handy. As Kane's just quietly chewing on nuts. <laughs> hmm. So, thank you for your visit. She kind of taps the harp a few more times and then whispers something and the case closes. No. So, when will we be blessed with Loki's presence? I'll have to get back to you on that. Perhaps you have many questions of your own you should be asking your own delegation. Oh, trust me. I will. And, uh, if you get a chance, we would love to run into Thora and her husband. They're such a beautiful little couple. Ah, I oh. think that you've, uh, You've had a, a, enough uh, of their presence for the time being. Okay. I think, uh, you know, let them enjoy what little honeymoon that they've had. And she kind of snickers at that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does everybody know? Lucius, he took pictures. And basically she, she <laughs> gestures to the table and you notice there is a uh, scrapbook. Of... The cruise or of the... the cruise Crying by out Captain loud. Lucius. Son of a bitch. Show the fireness. Oh god. That that gets giggles from both of them. <laughs> Showing the frost giant I mean the fire giant knocked out doing a drunk pose with you. <laughs> yeah. You know, if this gets around, you know, this could be, you know, for future gatherings. You don't want this to get around. Oh, no. We wouldn't want to damage our reputations. So don't worry. We will give your, your bids extra credence. Thank you. Though I am curious to see what the dwarves are offering. You never know with their items. I never know with the dwarves. You never know. So thank you very much for visiting and let me show you to the door. And she basically walks you back to the door. Basically Goodbye, my lovely young silent one. <laughs> <laughs> She's purring like her cat, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Fola kind of gives you the eye, like checking to make sure there's nothing in your pockets as you're walking out the door. It's like, I would never... Oh. Yes, you would. <laughs> <laughs> As they give open the... Cain up. <laughs> give Cain the stink eye. Yeah. And not the one that gives him negative dice. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say evil eye. <laughs> I didn't flip him off. <laughs> okay, so they basically walk the guys to the door. Upon closing the door, you hear them giggling a little bit. And security guys kind of giving you the looks like, why are they giggling? It's like, I'm just that entertaining. <laughs> Okay. Elevator shows up, picks you guys up. Security guy makes a comment about the floor is now secure. It's okay to send the next one up. This doesn't... It, <sighs> what are the dwarves supposed to meet with her? I don't know. But I have, I, I'm supposed to be meeting with... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, at six. So I'm supposed to be meeting with Skorvas tonight at six. So, I don't know. As long as they stay inside, they can pretty much meet anytime, even in the afternoon. 
as long as there's no daylight. But better to be safe than be on the uh, eastern side of the building. So, perhaps five. Maybe the meeting with them last. I know you know which room they're in. <laughs> <laughs> Who can find just one dwarf when she smells a dwarf even after the shower? <laughs> dwarf got all over her cave. <laughs> How cage. many dwarves are there? Seven. Uh, no. <laughs> How many did Scarlet bring? He brought five of his entourage. <laughs> That's right, because you could have five <coughs> others. <coughs> Each of the entourages is a total of six. Yeah, but two only count as one. <laughs> but you only think like two or three extra beady eyes were watching you through the closet. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I think I'm you... a performer. <laughs> Epic decks. Epic decks. <laughs> oh my god, she bends that way? I do have epic decks. <laughs> <laughs> I d she is double jointed. It is in my biography. Yes. And the, uh, I have we were in deck. the showroom last night, so we're still well within the 24 hours. Of? My ability to track. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who are you trying to track? I'm going to track each of the doors. Okay. Seems they're going anywhere other than the room. Okay, you actually... So so you're going to separate from Trixie? I'll go with them. Okay. So pretty much you've noticed these little dwarves and their, their PM hour escapades have pretty much covered every square nook of this building that you can get to without security clearance and a few places that actually require a key card to get into. Dang. They've been very you know, industrious. Probably They've even way. checked out the maid's closets. <laughs> Huh. But they're not leaving the building. But they're not leaving the building. Still, does it look? Does it look can't. like they're tampering with anything? They've actually checked the wiring. You see a couple. Uh, you, you definitely are picking up their scent around a lot of the outlet boxes. Like they're they're opening the boxes and checking and stuff like that. It could just be they're paranoid, looking for bugs and things. But I was say, can I? Uh, uh, we open up one and can I see if there's any uh, wireless interface like a. Uh, a relay or a uh, uh, there's, there seems to be no tampering. Okay. It just seems to be somebody just inspecting, just just okay. because they're probably bored. <laughs> okay. So though you do notice that the elevator was moving, running really smoothly since they showed up. <laughs> they're bored. They're bored. They could be making some jewelry. <laughs> you have the dark elves. Light elves, the dwarves. Yeah, but the fire alarm keeps going every time you smell gold in your room. The frost giants, the fire giants. We have oh, Scott. Fire. There's, There's a couple one. different giant contingents. You have uh, Loki Utgar's group. You have uh, um, Uller's wife. Um, apparently, there are Scotty. different frost giant uh, enclave. We have the dwarves. We have the two different types of elves. And, of course, Lucius. And you guys. Yeah. So Scotty was visiting Scotty. What? The Frost, uh, what's her name? She's with her delegation in yeah, her room with right. her delegation. And yeah. you came under the arm of one of her delegation. Yeah. She was sitting there watching television as you walked in with one of her guys. <laughs> Wait. <coughs> Who she's going to be having words with. Well. I, I think she's trying to seduce you. I have a, I have a date later on with oh, Frosty do? the Snow Giant. Yeah. Harold. <laughs> Harold. I'm going to check out 
Let's see. Okay. I know the elves are up to something. Or at least... Which one? The dark ones or the yes. light ones? <laughs> They're elves. Yes. They're dealing with Lucius, so yes. Lucius is What about Scotty's crowd? Scotty's crowd's just chilling out, hanging. They're they're really here, you get in a sense, for just enjoying the facilities. Hmm. Like, it's like, what? Scotty was not wanting to leave her room because she didn't run or run into Nord's daughter who came into her room. <laughs> <laughs> and Awkward. I bowed <coughs> in, uh, you know. Awkward. Okay, so uh, pretty much you're going to just investigate tour. the hotel while... Uh... See where everybody's been going. Come okay. In. You do notice the dark elves have gone in and out of the hotel quite a few times from their scents. As well as the dark elves have enjoyed some of the facilities, but they usually do it as a big group. They don't go anywhere alone, you noticed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The light elves, all over the place. But then again, you see quite a few of them during the day when you're checking them out on cell phones, briefcases. They're, do- they're doing day-to-day business while they're there. And pretty much Scotty's group, you see that they're just going and using the pool, using the masseuse, you know. Then you have uh, Ukar's Loki's group that are pretty much holed up in the room. Huh. They're, they're pretty they're much getting lots of room service and they're not leaving the room much. Hmm. I wonder why. Because they're angry, stinky butts who, who <laughs> live by the old ways. Not so much. Very antisocial. And uh, six o'clock comes around. Trixie's called to go to uh, her her appointment. And I'm not picking up those guys. So what do you do, Trixie? Come six o'clock. Are you oh. ready with bells on? Oh yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking. Very very nice. Alrighty, so Scorvus, your gentleman suitor of the night, twenty third in line to becoming king of the dwarves. He's looking quite dapper, and he's got this beautiful tailored tuxedo on, with gold cufflinks that are designed beautifully to accentuate his natural skin tone and hair color. And he's got a nice little calm necklace that goes just under the tie that he's wearing. And on the tie, he's got this beautiful tie tech that's got his family's uh, crest on it. Oh. Well, don't you look spiffy. I should. So beautiful. You're going to go out with me to meet some giants. All right. What kind of giants? Well, and he goes over and he picks up this, this knapsack, this dirty old dusting. Looks like something someone used for mining or hiking with. And he puts this knapsack on and basically says, You and I got a date with the tootses that are running this place. Oh. <laughs> we really have to? Well, I gotta meet him at 7 o'clock. Oh. And you want me there with you while you're putting in your bit? Well, I don't want him to think I'm willing to offer something as valuable as you up, but, you know. <laughs> you can't offer me up, cutie. Oh, you're already mine. And he gives you a little kiss on the, kiss on the, the cheek. So pretty much, uh, oh, I, I take it you're oh. gussied up in your beautiful gown as well. Yes, I look okay. drop dead gorgeous. Okay. So uh, you guys go up to the penthouse. The security guy gives you a double take when he sees you coming up. Does <laughs> we the, get him? Does the whole someone's here? Door opens up. Pretty much had this beautiful introduction, and of course, <laughs> immediately, Paul is looking at you like, 
I do believe we've concluded our business tonight. Well, I'm not here for you, darling. Uh, Scorvis here has asked me to attend with him. This hottie's with me, and he slaps you on the <laughs> ass so, as you as you both walk in the room. And basically, uh, she you know gestures towards the the same table where you guys sat, and she offers him drink, even though he he takes one drink and literally spews it on the floor because it tastes flat. He's like, "This is not good mead." And he puts the mug down, and he basically opens up this dirty, dusty knapsack on the floor, and pulls out... He's gonna offer it to her. Pulls out a flask, pops open the flask, and takes a big, massive (gasps) drink from the flask. Oh, no! You... He's gonna use the meat of poetry on the... Actually, he's just drinking meat. Puts the cork back on it, puts it on the table. (laughs) Ah, And then he pours some... He spills the glass goblet out on the floor and fills it with his wine skin and basically puts it on the middle of the table for everyone to take a sip if they want. That's good mead. (laughs) And then he starts pulling out various items out of his knapsack. So many, it seems the knapsack shouldn't hold that many items. I love it. I love it. It's a bag of holding. (laughs) And then he puts the knapsack on the table. How the hell am I going to commute with this? (laughs) And then he basically goes on to explain that in minute, and we're talking so bad, the three ladies are yawning in boredom. Because he's going on telling about how many nights it took to smelt the ore that went into the gold, that went into the mold making, to make this item out of iron. <laughs> and basically he, he is spending, you know, he was given extra time, thank God, because three hours later, he's still describing the items. Oh my god, am I still awake? <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, unless you're some kind of craftsman, even you as a gold jewel maker, you are bored shitless about talking about this. Because he's talking about wax casting. And how we used magically enchanted bees to make the wax that was in the wax for the wax casting. <laughs> because the sand was picked up from Nord's own private beach oh my for god, the wax no. casting. And he's going into That's such a pretty my... damn impressive, actually. And he's basically saying, of course, and hey, you know who doesn't know about this? Yeah. And basically, he describes these items. Basically, there's a suit of armor. Ba- basically, they like to call this the ultra mithril. Ultra mithril, huh? Ultra mithril. I'm trying to give it some new modern slangy terms. Uh. It's the ultra mithril suit plus four, like D and D. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, he's just going on and on describing. There's there's a ball of yarn because he heard one of them has a cat. And this ball of <laughs> yarn. This ball of yarn is enchanted to never break. Oh. How clever. Though we can't promise it lasts more than three months. <laughs> then, then he talks about this bag. That this bag basically will hold four times more than you think it will. And he basically explains that it's mostly illusion. It's a bigger bag than it looks, but that but that way you can get away with it. Unfortunately, it always seems to be dusty. Part of the problem with the illusion. Oh, then he then he explains that there's this sword called the icing death that oh, that will freeze the heart with with every stroke of this weapon against someone. Another vein will freeze shut until the heart itself freezes. Oh my he god! He thought maybe these chicks would like it. 
As you can see, it looks like the cross hilt is two fingers of a frost giant, it looks like, that have been petrified. Oh. And how they forged the blade out of ice itself and then quilched the ice in molten iron and molten gold and then back into ice itself. They forged the fire out of the blade to wow. make it ice cold. And then they basically... Reverse engineering, basically. Exactly. <laughs> and they're, they're basically explaining all these crazy amounts of minutia on these items, completely boring the shit out of everyone there. <laughs> Except he is super excited, because this is awesome! <laughs> and on... And on the cat's sleeping. <laughs> top of that. On top of that. He will offer his hand in marriage to one of the giantesses. I'm like... What? <laughs> to be his seventh wife. Oh, like I'd be a seventh. Not in this lifetime. Or he can offer his brother, who's single, who is 46th in line to be king of the dwarves. Yes, the dwarves have a lot of brothers. Big families. Well, when you're semi-immortal. <laughs> Whichever is more equitable, though, you know, I'm the charming one. He's kind of boring when he talks. <laughs> and assurances that my father would provide safe passage and amnesty if Ragnarok were to happen in the kingdom of the dwarves. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. That kind of wakes the, 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 the sisters up and gets them to pay attention. Huh. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> and he kind of nudges Trixie and goes, yeah, and for you too, baby. Ah. Yeah. You can be my eighth wife. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll have to think about that. <laughs> okay, so pretty much after you guys finish it, the sisters are, it's, they've gotten to that point when you know the hostess has been entertaining too long and the hostess is falling asleep. They are both yawning nonstop with his delegation <laughs> doing his little, uh, and, and I thank you for my father, I thank you for my brother, brother this one, this one, this one, and he goes down all oh 52 of his brothers. Oh my god. <laughs> and, and, and if he wins the auction, he will guarantee personally on his own word of honor and his beard Ooh. that they will provide an amnesty if anything were to happen. That's serious. That it is. He's got a nice beard, too. And they excuse themselves, and he goes grabbing your butt, and he goes, All right, now we're done with business. Let's get <laughs> to more business. <laughs> so where do you want to go first, toots? <laughs> well, what you up for? Trixie? Toots? Tootsie? Uh, I would prefer, Scorvis, that you do not call me Tootsie. Okay, Toots. And slaps you on the <laughs> ass again. So where would you like to go first? How about we go to the most expensive place in town? Hmm. I don't know what that is, but... Neither does he. Okay, so basically he takes you down to the concierge desk and he literally asks... What is the most expensive We need to go to the most expensive place in town. And they, of course, have the vehicle come up. The limo picks you guys up and takes you to this really beautiful dinner. Awesome. You get to enjoy the glam dinner with the, with the dwarf who's total uncouth, but wearing a nice tux. Uh -huh. 
Thank God he's got a beard because it covers the white part of his tux as that is now stained with food stains when you guys are eating. Maybe we should just order room service. You kind of think that there's still some enough food in his beard for another meal. Oh God. He orders like three dishes and then says, And what would you like? <laughs> and we'll start off with the lobster bisque. <laughs> and and then again when when he lets you order the alcohol of the night, what do you order? Um hmm. Uh, let's see here. Whatever the uh, nicest champagne is. Okay. He drinks it. (laughs) The bubbles, they tickle my nose too much. And he pours it on the floor. And basically pulls out the flask that's been hiding under his tux and squeezes some more meat out out of there. Takes a swig. And all of a sudden his words come out like honey to you. Oh, God, And no. he basically says, you are the most eloquently beautiful woman ever in my life. The mere presence of you in your eyes staring into my soul make me warm and know what life is truly about. How do you have such power over my heart and soul? Your breath sweetens my life. Oh, my God. Please sweeten my meal and my drink with the touch of your lips. Oh, yeah. Trixie will just... And it's funny because he leans into your kiss with his beard going right into his plate, getting sopped with juice on the plate. But his words are just so beautiful, so poetic. And and there's a a hint of sweetness on his kiss. But his words are just so damn eloquent and charming. It makes up for his massive uncouthness. They were, those were some really nice words, baby. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. She's falling for the dwarf. She's falling for and, the GM. <laughs> and the only thing that could make this evening better is staying with you and watching the moon disappear into the horizon with your body touching mine, your heart beating with mine, your touch caressing my skin. And my beard slightly chafing me. <laughs> She's gonna grab his beard and pull him in for a kiss. And you now have like some kind of meat juice on your hands. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, well. there's like this snooty co- couple, couple tables down, looking at her. Going, She's got to be a prostitute. <laughs> She's got to be paid for this. It's got to be a joke. Some Americans cross the way going. That the guy from Duck Dynasty? Oh my god. <laughs> I think that's the guy from Doug Dynasty. Oh. Um, curiosity, where are the other dwarves? They're basically going through the entire hotel board. <laughs> looking for projects. Like one dwarf, you, you see him in the lobby and, and the, the, the concierge is being really, really patient, patient <laughs> with this. Because these guys are going over to 100 year old antique furniture and actually <laughs> fixing it on the goddamn floor. As, as you're back at the hotel watching these guys, checking them all out, you see one go sits on a chair in the lobby area and realizes there's... You see him try to, like, wobble in it, and it doesn't seem to wobble. But all of a sudden, he gets up, flips the chair onto another chair so the legs are up, and he starts licking his thumb and making vague air measurements of the legs. Then he gets out his little willing knife, and you see him shave off just a hint of the chair, like, flip oh it over. God. And you're seeing the concierge just... just shiver 
at the desk watching this guy cut into this antique furniture. And he wiggles his butt in the chair, and he wiggles his butt in the chair, and he wiggles his butt in the chair. Then he gets up, gets a little, you know, marble out of his pocket, drops it in the middle of the chair, and you see it balance perfectly. Oh. And then, you know, later on you were seeing one where one of the chandeliers, one of the lights seems to not work. And he basically, you hear rummaging in the ceiling until the light turns yeah. back on. Oh my god. So basically you're seeing these, these five additional dwarves go uber craftsmen on this place. So I know where all five dwarves are? You know where all five dwarves are. I'm going to text Trixie. Okay. Where's the dwarves offering? Oh, uh... Okay, using wireless interface. Okay. I'm going to reply and tell him a, sh- a shitload of magical items, including a, uh, a bag that's, like, way uh, uh, larger than it looks, although horribly dusty. Um, into, it just lists off each of the magic items, but not the whole thing. Okay. And, of course, the, uh, the free pass for Ragnarok, uh, as well as uh, the marriage offer. Where's the physical items? He's got the bag with him, I'm assuming. Yeah, he sells the bag with him. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Hanging off the back the of restaurant? this chair of this beautiful restaurant, restaurant is this dirty back. This this bur- dirty canvas bag hanging so on the back of his chair. So for clarification, he's not at the hotel. No, he's not. <laughs> I see where you're I going. I don't want to rob him. He's, 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 I don't care. He's just like did this whole poetic. And where am I supposed to hide it? Then don't rob him. I will. Okay. I'm like, I can't really do that. Especially since he's, you know, waxing poetic on her. Exactly. She's, yeah. She's I mean, the most beautiful like, star uh, in all the stuff. He like oh. really <laughs> snowed her. We're talking. Yeah. Uh, it is like chest deep, not just hip I am, deep. Okay. I am glad that I've never seen the sun because I know your eyes are more beautiful than any sunrise could ever be. Oh my god! Oh my god! It is Trixie is bad. just yeah. And sh- and Trixie's never really, you know, she's yeah. not the type of girl to like, you know. I'll she loves my- her boys. She loves, but wow, I'll make my way he's to the pulling on her heartstrings. And if I don't have. Follow through with what my father made me promise. I believe you could be seven times. That's the charm. The seventh one. You mean so he means the marriage to one of the witches? Yeah, because you would be number eight. Remember he joked about that. She'd be his seventh wife. You would be his eighth. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't want to be seven. (laughs) If lucky number seven, seven dwarves, seven eleven. I'll make my way to the. <laughs> to the restaurant. Well, this is the whole night. You're basically scouting all these guys out. Well, as soon as I, as soon as I have a count okay. of all five. Okay. So pretty much, it would be at that point, at the end of the night, when your suitor is ready to take you back to a beautiful night together. The two of us, maybe some prying eyes, maybe some prying of your thighs. <laughs> She she's gonna have this dwarf attached to her hip for the rest of her life. I believe the term is rump. Not, not hip, rump. Okay, and, and pretty much at that point, uh, Kane is apparently getting to the restaurant. 
And I'm smooching face with... Uh, uh-huh. The concierge at the restaurant says, I'm sorry, sir, it's, this is a Tux and Tails... I, I wouldn't have gotten any Oh, okay. So, see so what, like, scouts stalk them out the windows? Scout the... You, scout you see the table they're at. You notice that they are apparently attracting a lot of attention. Because those who are not... Not within, the right attention. Those that are not within earshot of his their table are going... Oh my god, what is this? Who brings a dirty backpack to a table? <laughs> this restaurant, you know, and... Oh, but if they could hear his words... Oh, oh. That's just... right, audience, now you know why. I'm One of the reasons why I married my husband. He drinks the meat of poetry? <laughs> he is the meat of poetry. Oh. Oh. Suddenly I killed some guy and put his blood, and his name was... <laughs> <laughs> Evil dwarfs, this is. I was. You yeah. find a great scald and you bleed him to death. What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, so so the evening is winding down where it's almost time to leave. Because he still wants to have many hours with you before the sun comes up. After the way he's talking, oh boy. <laughs> After the way this is going, he may just say, This day don't count on that three day contract. <laughs> yeah, huh? Is it warm in here? <laughs> <laughs> Or is he going to be a jerk and call the claws and you didn't spend a single day with him? You only spent nights. You still owe three days. Ah! I don't think he'd go, he'll go that way. Okay. Okay, so, Kane, uh, you're seeing them finish up their meal. You see him eat the little uh, finger-cleaning napkin they give you at the end when they give the warm <laughs> napkins. He actually eats the entire napkin, which is good because it cleans his beard up on the way out. <laughs> yes, they do that whole... Cube, cube, hot water, hot water, and your napkins are ready. Okay. And he goes walking out. He throws the backpack over one shoulder. Other hand on my ass. <laughs> Other hand on her ass, except when he's he's letting his hand go so he can grab someone's desserts that look yummy on the way out oh the door. Oh, my God. And then putting his hand with frosting back on her ass. Oh, God. Oh. What? There's like a whole cast of dwarves who do just laundry. <laughs> Once a month, they do laundry. Okay, so they're starting to head out to the exit. He's got the backpack on one arm, the Trixie's Heidi in the other. <laughs> and he was Driver, we need to go to the Grand Palace. It's the best hotel in Budapest, everybody. <laughs> He's like, Oh, baby. Oh, the things you're going to do to me, baby. <laughs> Wait till we get the car. <laughs> oh. And his little, at one point he gets the little fingers together all wrangling together. Ooh. Mm -hmm. The shorter they are, oh the God. less distance they have to tie. tie. <laughs> okay, so you're starting to seductively untie his tie. Oh, yes. So, Kane, what are you doing? Trying to find a good justification. Because <laughs> there's no way I'm doing it without having been done. Hold it, what? <gasps> He's gonna fight me. No. He'll fight me. No. no. <laughs> and he's a dwarf. Can't you just knock him on the head and knock him out? No. I, thought I you mean, were you're just pretty. Gonna... That's, I'm trying to figure out a way to. I'm trying to figure out a way not to. No, because then he'll be mad at me. <laughs> 
mugged by. Hold on, the first way I'm gonna do it. He's not gonna be mad at you. He's gonna be a corpse. Oh no! I don't want to kill him. I think that that would be. Uh, are you saying in character you'd be with the guy that's, who's in charge of justice? That's where somebody? I'm running into the. Because remember, you are justice. Killing somebody to steal their shit—that's pretty that's dark, not justice, man. man. That's that's pretty dark. Yeah, that's I, where I'm running into the problem. Trixie, just, uh, Trixie can't knock him on part, the head. Part, just, yeah. Like, she can't be part of the there's, dead. There's the thought of you know. There's the make him unconscious. You if I can try to figure out a way to get the bag without having to. And the dwarf. And you have your super speed. Then the I'm, next thing is though, why are you honestly in character wanting to steal the stuff? Do you do you have an honest justification why you want to steal the stuff? Removing competition for the. That's completely acceptable. Because that cuts the legs out and out from under his offer. Yeah. You but... do have your super speed. Purse snatchings happen every day in big cities. He's distracted by me, but... I... Then there's also the fact that he wouldn't be able to fulfill his bargain with you. Oh, yeah. no. He's the meat's not in the bag. Me. It's on his belt. Yeah. Huh. And he hasn't crafted my item yet. No, I meant the meat. If the meat was on the... On the... <coughs> she didn't, he didn't offer the meat. That was that was a different, completely different wineskin that he had on his belt. No, I meant to her. No, oh. and he means no. The bag and the, the bag and the items in the bag cut the legs out. Because I promised the draught to the witches. Mm-hmm. If that's what he means, but yeah. That's not, it's but not. You on were going to take it from the door. <laughs> he was going to give it to me. Oh, I was going to take it. She's going to get paid for it in the end of the. the, oh, the I, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Right. So what are you going to do? They're at they're at the curb waiting for the car to pull up, making out pretty heavy, hot and heavy. His little hands are everywhere. Cause he's one smooth talker. I gotta tell you, ha ha ha. He's got the bag. He's got the. Uh, My, uh, he's got the bag over one shoulder. He's getting all up in Trixie's stuff there. Uh huh. Trixie's getting all up in his stuff right now. <laughs> Something unlocked that heart. No, it's not completely unlocked, <laughs> but whoo, it's uh, yeah, she made the Marion type, but she'll spend some time. She's. She's all. I mean, it would be. It's almost to the point where if he didn't give her the necklace or what, whatever, whatever he promised, you'd still, yeah. you'd still be okay with it. Yeah, except for the the, the drop. I need the drop because I promised yeah. that. But, oh, she's uh, she's little, little certainly the vapors. Uh, yeah, she's, she's okay. So, Kane, what do you do? Their, their car's pulling up. She's softening. <laughs> Leave it to fate. <laughs> oh, he's gonna. Hey! I was gonna say, have Kelly roll the dice because she always gets the bad dice. <laughs> no. I flipped a coin uh-huh. that one time. I flipped a coin to decide whether I was gonna make the deal with the dwarf. And fate decreed yes. So, I have a flipped coin up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually carry change. You want my, <laughs> my coin flip? Just let it go. Okay, so they oh. basically he car gets there, the driver him. opens the door. He was just looking out for me. Yep. I've had He's, a rough he day. He slaps Trixie on the ass. Trixie, you know, as she gets inside the car, then he gets in the car, throws the duffel bag in, you know, all rough and tumble with it. And then they drive off back to the hotel. Okay. Okay. And they, they have a little bounce, go wow, wow, <laughs> genuine, uh, sensitive moment there. Huh? 
Okay. So, uh... I locked his little world. <laughs> Bryn goes back to her gentleman suitor's room and has another date night. <laughs> with him saying, don't mind my roommates, they're, they're, they're loud. As they're playing darts in the wall with knives. Actually, Aww. no, no, he, uh... The doors will fix uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh... We're, um... Uh, we got it because his... The other guys were, uh, down in the bar... Um, he had made arrangements with his buddies that we would have at a private room. Oh, he put yeah. the sock on the door, but the guy still came up after drinking, throwing <laughs> knives into the wall. <laughs> okay, yeah. so that's how the end of night two wraps up. That's a good place to wrap it up there. All right. Okay. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Smooth talker, you. Oh my god, yeah. I'm blushing. You, you were blushing the second I said I that. was. Oh my no. god. Your cheeks are blushing more than the beautiful red color of a rose. <laughs> because you have more life, vitality, and sweet scent in you than they do at all. I love this man. When I said, you know, the line from uh, Shakespeare in Love, I would have poetry in my life. Wow, I really got it. <laughs> But I once was a man from Nantucket <laughs> who used to own a bucket. <laughs> yeah, I like limericks. Who doesn't? <laughs> They're entertaining. <laughs> yeah, they are. Little Jack Corner had a big boner. <laughs> I remember actually when I was a kid, um, Mom was going to the University of Arizona and she had a math class one night. And, of course, since it was an evening, she didn't have a babysitter or anything. So she brought, um, I don't know if she brought all of us or, I know I was there. And uh, so, uh, it's funny because she would actually have us take notes for her (laughs) when we were kids. Um, But I remember going to the restroom at the U of A in the math building. And there was a limerick on the wall. And to this day, I still remember that limerick. Say it. Say it. (laughs) There once was a man from Bel Air who fucked his wife on the stair. One day, the, man, uh, the uh, what, hold on, I was like, uh, when the banister broke, he quickened his stroke and finished her off in midair. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude, that's I a great one. First time Kelly one. told me that, I'm like, okay, that's I had gold. To, I had to actually, I remember. And we I just shared act- it with the internet. Because <laughs> I was small enough, and of course, we in I Arizona, we don't have stairs, barely. I had to ask her what a banister was. <laughs> but, uh, Well, yeah. the math building at the U of A is yeah. a really weird building. Mm-hmm. I mean, a mathematician must have thought this one <laughs> up because it has um, floors and then half floors and it juts out and it's just really... You want to make a polyhedrix out of it? <laughs> yeah, it's just really weird yeah. and it was an older and, old building it was, yeah, it was an older it's building around, yeah. but uh, yeah I was probably trying to get through my calculus <laughs> I don't remember that because, I mean, because I it young. must have been in the summertime I think I was 10 no I was closer to 10 uh, and learning dirty lyrics like that no, it yeah I remember like yeah. 12, around your 12th birthday I was yeah. taking calculus I learned another poem in that. <laughs> that one's even grosser. <laughs> I'm like, do tell, do tell. We're still recording. I know. This one's really gross. Share it with the internet. <laughs> Here I sit, all broken hearted, came to shit and only farted. Went outside and took a chance. Tried to fart and shit my pants. 
I don't know why I remember this crap from the wall. It's like somebody <laughs> like wrote crap this from on the, the wall. wall in the shitter. I know it's like what they do. Somebody college. wrote that on the wall when I was Probably young. Probably okay. Now remember. you realize that there's a telephone number written on a wall <laughs> that's now world famous. Yeah. <laughs> Eight five seven five eight six seven five three zero nine. I mean, you know, people remember shit that's written on a wall. I got it. I got. Kilroy was here. Oh, that's really. You don't see that much anymore. Now you just see, you know, you still draw a D and D Kilroy Viking helmet. I miss good, you know. Graffiti on People walls, putting but... work into the graffiti. Don't just yeah, tag the were, tag, yeah, you know, right, or just write, yeah, you know, yeah, one of the was, dirt, you know, uh, the vulgar words. Just it was come up a with something real interesting. Art form for yeah. a while. It really was. Art, I, I think that you know uh, that might certainly be a stretch. Takes, yeah, uh, yeah, it might be a stretch that calling it an art form. It was <laughs> for a while. I mean, so by comparison to what it is now, yes. Oh yeah. So yeah. remember, kids, if you're gonna tag, tag with style. Yes. Be creative. Be yes, creative be about creative. it. Not oh. that you should be yeah. tagging. Oh, no, kids shouldn't be tagging. Stop. No. no. Oh, my God. It's like, people, you know, it takes a lot of effort and work to make things. And then just somebody comes along and just tags it. So yeah. very rude. Unless it it's a cool tag. I've seen some cool tags. Unless it's a mural. Street art, yes. <laughs> Big difference okay, between street is... art and tagging. Exactly. A mural is one thing. <laughs> but although I did paint a mural when I was a kid, no. mm. in my art class in elementary school, we had to all paint, or we had to all draw a water scene, underwater scene, and people, my shipwreck was voted one of the keepers, so I actually had to paint that on the cafeteria wall. So I'm like somebody who did a really great fish, they would paint that fish on the, you know. So it was all my shipwreck. Put together. My shipwreck was on there for Which for a long was? time. You see Nash. The Na oh Nash. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I guess now it's painted over, but Bad. my shipwreck was there. The main centerpiece yeah. of the mural. Was you? Yeah. yeah. And that means you need to get uh, get making you some more art tonight. Is what I you're can saying. make a shipwreck. I still remember what that shipwreck I'll take looked a shipwreck. like. Actually, remember we still it's need a shipwreck for that first step, that first series when you were in New Jersey. Remember the ship? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. We should probably go see what the hell the cats are doing making noise in the. I know underwear. they're attacking something. And Carrie, that same year, actually, she won an art contest where she painted the art room door. So mm -hmm. my sister. Yeah. Apparently, we were. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hi, this is Jim from Ragnarok and Roll, a scion hero to Ragnarok podcast and the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And I'd just like to say thank you for listening. 
and may fate always be on your side.